Hey, what's up, guys? It's Pete Mundo. Thanks for checking out this week's podcast. As always, I appreciate that. We have grown this thing exponentially the past few months because of you, your word of mouth, and also because of your ratings, your reviews, and your subscriptions on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. If you leave me a rating and a review, send me an email, a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. We're giving them out left and right. Do it. I appreciate all of you, and we'll talk to you soon. Third and goal at the three, and Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line. Touchdown. I can feel it coming on now as the music plays. Taking shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long, everybody And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the sun goes they just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards for McCluskey on the grab. It's caught at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone, it's a I'll tell you what, I always like to take the NCAA tournament week, the start of the tournament, and I always seem to coincide it with the unofficial start of spring, and it sure as heck finally is starting to feel that way, at least here in Kansas City. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us, as always, each and every week. We're your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, and we always appreciate you joining the show. Now, let me preface this by saying that we are a weekly show. We air on radio stations in Texas, in Oklahoma, in Kansas, in West Virginia, And each of our stations carries us on a different day. Now, in the NCAA tournament, it's very difficult to do a full NCAA tournament preview show when you could have a moment of that show that becomes old news depending on who wins and who loses. So what we did this week is we have a special podcast version for you of our Big 12 NCAA tournament preview that you can find on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. We could not bring that to you on the radio for obvious reasons. If a station carries it on Thursday, they run it on Friday, whatever it might be. I, you know, everything happened so quickly this week, it just was not feasible. So if you want a full NCAA tournament uh, breakdown for the Big 12 conference, go check it out on our iTunes podcast page for Heartland College Sports. But let me say this, uh, a few things about the tournament that can last throughout the week. First off, the Jayhawks got a gift. There's no other way to put it. Kansas did not win the Big 12. 14 season streak is over. They did not win the Big 12 tournament. And guess what they get? They get a four seed in the Midwest region. Which means they're going to be playing, if they get to the Sweet 16, they will be playing 40 miles from campus at the Sprint Center in Kansas City where the Big 12 tournament was just held this past week. Yeah, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. 
I'm not one of those guys that's giving you every one of those things under the sun. I don't do that. But I can understand where, you know, if you're not a KU fan, you look at something like this and you say, you know what? It's hard to not argue the fix is not in here. And I'm not saying the fix is in. I'm just saying you are giving more credence to those who want to go down that road. And when I saw that, I was like, really? You want to give that kind of ammunition to people? Have fun, NCAA. There is one thing and one thing only the NCAA sees, and it is the color green. That's the bias. That's the color. That's the lens that they see everything through. And when I saw that, you know, I I think even Kansas fans had to be like, yeah, 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 I can see that. I can see that one. Um, I was also, I was surprised TCU didn't get in. I know things went a little haywire in some of the, you know, lower level conference tournaments and especially in the Pac-12 where nobody literally thought that Oregon was going to get into the big dance, but then they win the Pac-12 tournament. And that gave them the automatic berth. Did that hurt TCU? It could have. Was that the deciding factor for TCU? I don't know. I mean, if they beat K-State, none of this is a discussion. Unfortunately, they could not do it last week in the quarterfinals. And that's why, as much as TCU didn't have that bad loss, you know, they lost to all the best teams on their schedule. Unfortunately, sometimes you get a winner game or two of those. You know, you have to do it for the committee to feel good about things. I'll say this about Iowa State. It was my first time, now that I live in Kansas City, I live right downtown. Um, so myself and Matthew Postens covered the Big 12 tournament this past week. And living here for the past year has been a fantastic time, a fantastic experience. But what Iowa State fans did to Power and Light District, how they just owned the city for a week, and they had the building on Saturday night in the championship game, I would say 60-40. And if it wasn't 60-40, maybe it truly was 50-50. But it sure sounded like 60-40. I'll tell you what, maybe 65-35. And not just because KU was getting run over for most of the second half. I mean, this is early in the game. It sounded 60-40. So what Iowa State fans did uh, was beyond impressive. And I'll tell you what. It makes me just that it really does make me want to get up to Ames uh, that much sooner this fall for a football game, which I promise I will do. We will do a tailgate as well with HeartlandCollegeSports.com. So stay tuned for all those uh, details and all that information as the football season gets closer. If you have any recommendations for which game I should come up to and do a tailgate for, uh, please do let me know. I'm going to need all that information and, and preparation before we get ready. So just drop me an email, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com because I'm always um, interested to hear from you before I get up to your town because I have not yet been up to Ames for a game. And now that I'm a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive away, I'm looking forward to it. Now, for the NCAA tournament, one thing you'll notice is that Big 12 highest seed is a three in Texas Tech. Lowest seed, nine in Oklahoma and Baylor. So what that tells me, and then you had one team in the last four out, or final four out, I should say, and that was TCU, of course. It's really interesting that the Big 12 in the football side of things finds itself in a very similar situation on the basketball side of things, where the quality of depth is the greatest strength for this conference in now football and in basketball. Do I see 
a Final Four team in the Big 12. I don't. I just don't see it. Not saying it can't happen, but I'm not going to predict any of these teams get to the Final Four. I'm just not going to do it. I mean, you look at the brackets, and while Texas Tech probably has uh, the best shot, not just because it's the highest seed, but just in general, they've got a good shot. I'm not taking Texas Tech to get to the Final Four. And you think about the football side of things, and the Big 12 had a lot of depth. I mean, Kansas stunk and still does stink until further notice. But you look at the top eight, nine teams in the Big 12, and you can make the argument that on a given day, any of these teams can beat the other. Now, that's something that not a lot of conferences can say that they have. The Big 12's 10-team model of not having the bottom feeders and having a ton of depth is the thing that this conference has to continue to hammer home. In football, you've got the round robin. In basketball, you've got the double round robin. Nobody else can say that. And that's what gives this conference the competitiveness and the depth. There are no nights off they don't exist in the big 12 in football and in basketball and that is the strongest selling point this conference has right now that it has got to continue to use to its advantage because you know the big 12's gotten to the college football playoff three of the past four years with oklahoma still haven't played for a national title now you know we can say hey that's the defense's fault yeah it is That offense was good enough the past couple of years under Mayfield and Murray to get to a national championship game, but the defense could not hold its own. Maybe Alex Grinch can change that. But it doesn't change the fact that this year for the Big 12 will be defined by depth, not necessarily quality at the top. Now, OU, yes, was a top four team. But when you find yourself in a situation where people want to talk about the best conferences in America and they want to have that debate and that discussion and go back and forth with you on it. Yes, we can sit here and say, hey, who else has the depth of this conference? When you talk about percentage of teams going to bowl games, getting to the NCAA tournament, um, I know six this year, but hey, you look at last season, you had seven teams in the big dance. You almost got seven this year. Nobody else is putting 70% of the conference into these things. No one else is doing it. So the Big 12 has to continue to hype that up, especially in years where you just don't have that uh, top-tier team. Now, Kansas got to the Final Four last year, but uh, once they got there, they got smacked around by Villanova. And you can make the argument that they had a better draw than a Texas Tech or a West Virginia because Texas Tech and West Virginia had to play Villanova in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. So if the draws were different, maybe West Virginia, maybe Texas Tech can be the teams that actually end up getting to the Final Four last season. It didn't happen, though. So, you know, you think about this year in football, you think about this year in basketball, and you say to yourself, This conference this year doesn't have a Duke. It doesn't have a Kentucky. It doesn't have a North Carolina to it. But guess what? It's got something none of these other conferences can say that they have, which is that basically on any given night, Team A can beat Team B. And that's what made this conference so much fun in football And it's what made this conference so much fun in basketball as well this past season. It was great. You had West Virginia 
winning a couple of games of the Big 12 tournament. Who the heck saw that coming? Nobody did. So the Big 12 has nothing to be ashamed of, no matter how far these teams get. Uh, I don't know. You know, a couple of them might get to the Sweet 16. We'll see. But regardless, there is a lot of reason to continue to like where this conference is and where it's trending. And it's why, once again, when there was that rumor a couple of weeks ago about, you know, the Big 12 and Pac-12, no serious talks about a merger, but just some small discussions about it. Why would you want to prop the Pac-12 up on your back, Big 12? Somebody answer that question for me. It makes zero sense at all. You're in a great place in football. You have Oklahoma at the top of the food chain. You've got Texas coming on strong, and you have a middle of the pack that is very, very solid. In the Oklahoma State's TCUs, uh, throw Baylor back in the mix, uh, throw Iowa State in the mix, and, and Kansas State, Texas Tech, I mean, we can go on. It's in a very good place. So enjoy the big dance. It's going to be a lot of fun as always. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Now, one team getting a lot of flack for not making the Big 12 tournament. Everybody knew they weren't making it. But not only that, the Mountaineers have taken it one step further. Why? Because they're going to the CBI and they paid to do it. But what's the big deal? I'll explain it coming up right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. So it was pretty interesting when on Sunday uh, it came down that the West Virginia Mountaineers were heading to the CBI. College Basketball Invitational, for those of you that are not maybe aware of what that is, what that stands for, and how it works. Um, and people got, gave him a lot of flack, and I'm just not sure why. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Always great to have you on in and, and uh, being a part of the show. So I, I just didn't get, first off, why anybody was getting all riled up over West Virginia um, going to the CBI. What happened here essentially was West Virginia had a really bad year. I mean, they had a couple of nice wins in the Big 12 tournament, but for the most part, it was a very bad year, especially by Bob Huggins' standards, right? West Virginia fans were upset. I think that they were way off base, and they are way off base. Anyone who's all riled up and saying, Huggins, oh, the game has passed him by. Game has passed him by. Got guys entering the transfer portal. He uh, doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Come on, man. You think Bob Huggins just forgot how to coach basketball? Are you kidding me? Stop. This guy knows what he's doing. He's as good as it gets. He had been to the Sweet 16 three of the past four years. Um, He's been to a Final Four. Uh, The success that he has had is unprecedented for this program. John Beeline was good. Huggins took it over, and you know what? He made it better. So I just, I do not want to hear the Huggins doesn't know what he's doing anymore. My goodness gracious. I, you know, no, the guy's going to get this thing back on track. You can be upset that maybe he wasn't prepared on the recruiting front for what he was losing last year. Fair criticism. But the idea that he doesn't know how to coach anymore, come on. Who's believing that? So they end up paying to go to the CBI. Pay $50,000 to participate. 
and this is, to me, a very mature thing to do. You know, a lot of Power 5 programs probably would be, uh, you know, puffing their chests out and thinking they're too good for the CBI and saying, oh, no, you know, we can't go to the CBI. Our egos won't let us. Uh, No, go to the CBI. You want your team to get better? I compare this in many ways to, like, spring practice for college football, or not spring practice. Compare it more. A better comparison is to reaching a bowl game and getting an extra three weeks of practice out of it. For the Mountaineers, it doesn't matter if they win the CBI, and yeah, I guess they'll be one of the favorites, and if they win the whole thing, they'll still be under 500 for the season. Not really the point. point is to get more game development for guys like Derek Culver, Emmett Matthews, who had that uh, great second-round game in the Big 12 tournament for the Mountaineers against Texas Tech, Jordan McCabe, Jermaine Haley. That's what this is about. And the Mountaineers give them credit for going out there and saying, you know what, we need the work. And for Bob Huggins, who is not a young coach, you know, for Bob Huggins at his level and at his age to say, I am willing to coach in the CBI, that takes a lot of humility for him to do that and for him to come to that conclusion and for him to just come out there and say, yeah, you know what, I'll do it. Sure, I'm one of the highest paid coaches in the league. Sure, I've been to uh, Final Fours and Elite Eights, and I've been the Big 12 Coach of the Year, and you know, I'm no spring chicken at 65 years old, but I got a group of young guys that could really improve by playing a few more games, so I'm going to bring them to play a few more games, whether it's the CBI or not. And who cares if they paid? It's fifty grand, drop in the bucket. My goodness. Um, so West Virginia fans gutting all on Bob Huggins and the Mountaineers, or you know, non-West Virginia fans getting on him for this. It's just like find something else to get uh, triggered over and worked up over because this is not worth your time. And it's a smart move for Huggins and his program. Now let's get over to some football here because uh, Joel Klatt said something in the last few days. That was very true and very telling. First off, I love when Joel Klatt of Fox Sports goes on with uh, Colin Cowherd. Now, in case you didn't know, Colin Cowherd is my most uh, famous Twitter follower. He follows me personally, not the Heartland account. He follows me personally on Twitter, at Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, if you want to follow me there. And, um, yeah, pretty pumped about that. Most famous guy that follows me. Very proud of that. But I do love when Joel Klatt goes on Colin Cowherd's show and just tweaks the hell out of him for some of Colin's, you know, I, I love Colin. I'm, I'm really a big fan of his show. I used to do sports talk on a day-to-day basis. Now I do news talk here in Kansas City. Of course, I do this show as well. But I admire Colin a lot. I'm, I'm really a big fan. But sometimes he gets off base with some of his... Uh, college football takes like Baker Mayfield when I can't trap Baker Mayfield. No way. No, how sorry. We can't do it. Sorry, Baker. No way. We're not doing it. You know, you uh, grabbed your junk on a sideline, which football players have probably been doing since the sport was invented, but I can't have you on my team for a guy that should have been rookie of the year. No offense. Saquon Barkley. So I love when Joe Clatt goes on there and tweaks him. But Clatt made a really good point uh, this past week that got a lot of play on social media, rightfully so, by the OU staff. 
And he said, Klatt said, quote, if I was a high school recruit coming out of anywhere in the country and I got a letter with OU at the top signed by Lincoln Riley, it would be at the top of my drawer. You would have to check it out if you are a QB, wide receiver, running back, offensive lineman. This is where you want to play. It's the best offense in college football. What Lincoln is doing is second to none. And there's no doubt about that. And OU has turned that in to the number one pro-style quarterback prospect in the country. In Spencer Rattler. Now he's likely to sit and learn behind Jalen Hurts this year, but that's fine. Then he's gearing up, ready to go next year. What more could you ask for? And if you think about the OU offense, this is not about flimsy Big 12 defenses anymore. This is about a program that has produced two straight Heisman winners, multiple straight Heisman finalists, uh, potentially two straight number one draft picks at the quarterback position, which um, you think about the last time it was done, it was USC, but it was Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart, not the same position. And this is good for the Big 12. I know you're out there as a fan, not of OU, and saying, no, this stinks. How am I going to beat them? This is good. This can continue to be one of those things, along with Texas being back, in air quotes, that can truly help recruiting across the entire conference, which it does need. I mean, OU and Texas are recruiting well lately, but it, you know the conference could use it on some levels. But Joe Klatt, he nailed it with that quote. This is not being done anywhere else in the country. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, we wrap up the show here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Well, Matt Wells already has himself a couple of issues here as he just gets his tenure going at Texas Tech. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks to many of you for joining us here, wherever you're getting us, radio, podcast, whatever it might be. Thanks for being a part of the show. So if you missed the news this week, Texas Tech is going to be without uh, three key players from last year's team. And... Depends how long. We don't know how long just yet, but not a good situation. Cornerback Demarcus Fields, defensive tackle Joe Wallace, running back Dalion Ward, and wide receiver Corey Fulcher have been suspended indefinitely for varying but unspecified reasons. Wells telling reporters they are all unrelated per the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, but they're related in the fact that they're not doing the things we want them to do and they're not practicing right now. He said they could be back soon. We'll see. We've got some things that we have to clean up off the field. We'll get it done. Now, Fields, Wallace, and Ward, of course, all starters are major contributors to last year's team, and, and Fulcher is a guy who redshirted. Ward, the team's second leading rusher. Fields and Wallace combined for 75 tackles, and Fields was second on the team with 11 passes broken up. I mean, if you follow Texas Tech or you follow Big 12 football, these are names that you know. Now, I think this is a cultural thing for Matt Wells. I thought that Cliff Kingsbury ran a pretty type ship. I thought he was a guy who people looked at and said, you know, he's a bit of a hard ass. I thought that was the M.O. for Cliff Kingsbury. And I'm not saying it's not. It very well could be. But when these are three of your guys and the new coach comes in and he's like, yeah, these guys aren't doing what I'm asking of them. 
uh, it's it's a bad look for the prior regime. And I'm not saying Kingsbury, you know, it's going to be a blemish on his resume or record or anything like that. Hell, he's an NFL head coach right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's doing just fine. But I just find it, first off, fairly interesting. It is surprising to me, but it also could be, without knowing the details, it could just be that Matt Wells is trying to make a point. And Matt Wells is trying to say, you know what, it's my show now. You don't come back, and who knows? It could be something as small as having an attitude. I don't know. I really don't know. And I'm not going to start to speculate. I don't want to do that or be that guy. Um, But I give Matt Wells credit because a lot of guys coming into a new job, you know, first Power 5 head coaching job, making big bucks, a fan base desperate for a turnaround, all of those different things are – reasons to believe a coach might be a little lackadaisical with some of his better players, especially on defense where, you know, the players haven't always been there for Texas Tech. So for him to put his foot down this early and say, these guys aren't doing what we're asking of them, I I, I can't help but at least respect it out of the gate. So we'll get more details, I'm sure, on what exactly uh, this means and where it goes from here, but something to note as spring ball continues. I wanted to touch on this as well. I didn't get a chance to last week, but David Beatty filing the lawsuit against uh, KU, alleging school officials attempting to find a way to pay him $3 million bucks. This is a very bad look for Kansas. Uh, David Beatty, Anybody that met the guy, you know, you can argue about whether or not he was a decent head football coach, and the numbers would tell one story on that. But you cannot deny the fact that he's a good man. You know, I interviewed him multiple times. A gentleman answers the questions. He got fired and stuck with his team through the end of the year when they asked him to. I've never heard a bad thing about him as a person. Now, you want to say he's a different, uh, not a good football coach? You can certainly make the argument. And I'm not going to sit here and necessarily tell you otherwise because the numbers are what they are. Now, I think 99% of coaches would have had a similar record. Either way, the numbers are what they are. But for Beatty now filing this lawsuit, alleging school officials are attempting to find a way to avoid paying him $3 bucks. this is from last week. It's just It makes Kansas look incredibly petty and small-minded and uh, just wrong, just morally wrong. Now, these are all allegations. I get it. We don't have any um, official comment or phrase or a word on it just yet. We don't have any of that information. But with all that being said, we can still sit here and say to ourselves, you know what? Kansas should not find itself in a situation where they are trying to not pay a head coach who did everything that was asked of him, who, you know, nobody went out there and said he was a bad guy or whatever, but now they're looking for the hooker in the closet. That is an allegation in the lawsuit, that they are looking for the hooker in the closet. Uh, around David Beatty, just figuring out a way to not have to pay him. And that is that is weak, that is small-minded, and that is not something I thought the KU administration was going to try to do. I, it didn't work. You know what, though? You hired Beatty. You got no one to blame but yourself here. This is not a situation where, and maybe the guys in charge, like Jeff Long, didn't hire David Beatty, but he was hired by Kansas. You guys gave him a contract. You gave him a deal. And it didn't work out. So move on and at least treat the guy with respect. That is it. 
Jesus, I you know I don't know how this is going to end, but uh, it's just it's the last thing the Kansas football program needs. Hell, the Kansas athletic department needs right now. They, they don't need that. Just try to move on and do the right thing. And if you agreed to pay the guy, and if he didn't break any terms of the contract, then just pay the guy. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It's always good to have you on in as we wrap up another show. Enjoy the NCAA tournament. As we mentioned off the top of the show, because this show airs on multiple radio stations across several states on different days, with the NCAA tournament craziness the way it is, uh, we could not do a full-blown NCAA tournament preview show. But we did do an NCAA tournament podcast preview show, which you can find on our iTunes page or on our Stitcher page or on uh, Google Play, any of those places. Also on our website, heartlandcollegesports.com. So I hope your team does make it to the Sweet 16. Off the top of my head, here's what I think happens. I think that the Big 12 is going to have three teams in the Sweet 16. Who are those three teams? Let me give it to you right now. Those three teams are going to be Texas Tech, Kansas State, and Iowa State. There you have it. Veteran-laden teams. Yes, I'm worried about Kansas State. Dean Wade getting on the plane with, uh, uh, with crutches. Not a good scene the other night. Uh, not pumped about Kansas State's ability to get there, but that's just my hunch. That's what I think this team is going to be able to do. I think the ceiling's not as high as it was, but I still think the veteran leadership is going to be uh, good for them here moving forward. So that's my prediction for three Sweet 16 teams in the Big 12. I could be wrong. I know some of you might be hearing this after the fact and calling me a total fool. You have every right to do it. Find me on Twitter, at Pete Mundo. That's where you can... Uh, <laughs> Have some fun beating me up. I'm a big boy. I can take every single second of it. Don't worry about it. Thanks as well to uh, our guest this week, none other than Ty Summers, TCU linebacker. Really appreciate his time. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great week. Enjoy the tournament, and we'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place. Thanks, as always, guys, for checking out the show this week. Leave me a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.